We just finished a series of sermons, and it's kickoff Sunday, and it was time for a new series. And I thought, hey, we're having shrimp for lunch. Let's see what the Bible says about shrimp. And then I turned to Leviticus 11, and I decided that I wouldn't preach about shrimp. (laughs) If you don't get the joke, it's totally fine. That's a deep cut. Read Leviticus 11 on your own time. Got it? What I did figure that we would do is spend some time together over the next few months sitting in the school of discipleship with Jesus, hearing from the Lord himself and from the writers uh, and other parts of the scriptures about how we can find our deepest lives in Jesus to be disciples and followers of Christ. As one uh, really neat pastor put it, uh, to make sure that we hear the call to move from fans of Jesus to followers. And so we're going to join Jesus on the journey of discipleship. Most of our uh, texts over the next few weeks will come from the Gospel of Luke, starting in the middle. So it'd be wonderful if you maybe wanted to read along over a period of time, um, and then there'll be some others along. But I want to invite you to hear the word of Scripture uh, from Luke chapter 13, verse 22 through 30. And I'm going to, so, and I've got to make a quick confession here. So this is bad of me to do real quick. I made I made a little joke earlier when Coy and Brian were making jokes. And see, I'm wearing a microphone. I've got a microphone here and I've got microphones here. And our booth is run ably and beautifully and with servants' hearts by two of our finest Georgia Tech fans. And I made a horrible mistake because they have utmost control over me for the next 15 minutes. And I'm about to tell you that I'm about to read from the English Standard Version instead of the New Revised Standard Version. This could go way wrong for me. (laughs) I can't. I want you to hear these words from Jesus. Chapter 13, verse 22 through 30. Jesus, he went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and not be able. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, open to us, then he will answer you, I do not know where you come from. And then you will begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence and taught you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves cast out. The people will come from, and people will come from east and west and from north and south and recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some who are last will be first, and some are first who will be last. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Pray with me. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, do y'all have people? See, this is what I love. I've always wanted to have people, like connections. That's what I'm talking about. I love to have some connections. My brother-in-law's got connections. Cameron, he's got connections. He's younger than me, but he's got a guy for everything. 
He'd be like, hey, listen, I need some help with my, with my car. Don't worry, I got a guy for that. And guess what? He, he always owes him a favor. Hey, I'm thinking about, I can't get a hotel room. Don't worry, I got a guy, and he owes me a favor. I got a hangnail. Don't worry, I got a guy, and he owes me a favor. You know, I've always wanted to have connections like that. That would be great. And there was one time, though, uh, an experience that I had that, that made me think that maybe connections had a downside. So a couple of my friends and I were hanging out together, and we had saved up all of our money to go to a fancy restaurant. And listen, there is no fancier restaurant in my book than P.F. Chang's. It's got a big statue of a horse in front of it. It's got to be fancy. I don't care if they're everywhere. And so we get there, and uh, we're walking like table for six or 100 because I have lots of friends. And um, they're like, it's going to be a 45-minute wait. And we were like, great. At least I'm around a decent company. So we were waiting, and it's, it's a long wait, and people are coming, and the place is filling up, and, and pe- the line is out so far that people are trying to ride that horse into the restaurant. And a couple walks in. And it's a man and a woman, and the woman looks really nervous. And you can overhear the conversation. She said, but we're late for our reservation. And, you, and I heard him say, don't worry, I know the manager. And he walked up to the host desk thing. There were a bunch of people there. And he was as confident as could be. I swear he was about to pull out a, a dollar bill and do that whole handshake thing that you see in movies. And he's about to get on. He said, we have a reservation And he gave them their name, and they said, sorry, sir, you're over an hour late. Um, Your table's been taken, and you're going to have to uh, wait. It'll be about 45 minutes to an hour. And I thought, wow, uh, this guy, but he he knows the manager. I'm about to watch somebody be late because he's got connections and take my table. So he puffs himself up as big as could be, like the puffer fish that he is, is, is in charge and control that he is. And he says, I don't know who you think you are, but you obviously don't know who I am. And the man looked right at him and said, sir, I'm the owner and you are late. <laughs> and I was like a middle schooler when there's a food fight in the cafeteria. And I was like, oh, man. And I thought, sometimes it doesn't pay to have connections, sir. And that look on their face in that moment, it was like awkward. The whole room was awkward. And listen, and I'm reading this story about what Jesus has to say, sweet and lovable Jesus, and I can't help but feel that way when I hear Jesus say, I don't know where you come from. And I wonder if the people who heard Jesus say those words had a little bit of that moment too. But you don't know who I am and that offense and that awkwardness. It's it's tough. I imagine that's how folks felt when Jesus gave a tough answer to a seemingly random question. And here's how it goes. So Jesus and his followers are going towards Jerusalem. You're going to see this throughout the Gospel of Luke halfway through and on, because he's doing all this teaching up north, and then he makes his way down to the major city, uh, the religious center, and you know that that means he's going towards his death, towards the biggest thing that he'll do in his earthly life, his task. But it also means that as he goes towards Jerusalem, he's getting closer and closer to this religious center, Not necessarily the faithful center, some people very faithful, but where religion is the dominant culture, where the Judaism and the temple are the dominant culture. So the closer he gets in, the more he comes into contact 
with that dominant religiosity, that surface area religion in the midst of the faithfulness. And so that's why, as you get through the Gospel of Luke and the others, as he moves towards Jerusalem, he has more hard words because he's running into uh, people who are outwardly religious and may not know what their hearts. And so he's teaching, he's teaching, he's going through town, and someone, it doesn't, we don't even know who, says, hey, Lord, I got a question for you. Those who will be saved, there, w- there won't be many of them, right? I don't even know where that question comes from. I don't know if it's like, hey, uh, but I'm in, huh? <laughs> All these people over here, they're not quite good enough. I don't, know. I don't know where the question comes from. Lord, those who will be saved, right? There's not going to be a lot of them, right? And I love this about Jesus so much. Jesus says, ask me all the questions you want, but I'm going to answer however I want. It's a simple yes or no question, isn't it? It's a simple, if, if, if Jesus were going to be on one of the 10,000 debates that you're about to see for the next year of your life, somebody would say, Jesus, it's a simple yes or no question, just answer it. But Jesus does it his own way. He says, strive to enter through the narrow door. Strive to enter through the narrow door. Interesting. That's, and that, the person asking the question is probably like, yeah, you've got to strive to enter through the narrow door. That's what I'm doing. I'm a very faithful Jewish person, and I make my pilgrimages to the temple, and I don't eat shrimp or cheeseburgers, and I don't work on the... Did I say shrimp? Look, I'm going to have to explain this to you all later. Um, Jesus said I come to fulfill the law, so we're good. Um, and, I, and I keep the Sabbath, and I don't work. Yeah, the narrow door. Strive to enter the narrow door, and it sounds great. And Jesus says... For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and not be able. I imagine this person's like, you know, that's true. Because not everybody can do the kind of difficult religious work that me and my buddies do. Because it's tough. It's hard to keep all the laws of Moses. Oh, and then it gets, it gets weird. Because Jesus says, once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to knock. You begin to knock. And he will tell you, I do not know where you are from. And it'll be too late for you. Oh, man, that business got personal. It's so easy to think about how everybody else, and their relationship with the Lord needs, oh, they need Jesus, oh, they need to get their life straight, or he and she needs to have a come to Jesus meeting. It's so much harder to think about our own lives with Jesus. But Jesus says, look, we ain't talking about other people today. You're going to ask me a question, I'm going to ask you about you. And all of a sudden, this random innocent question, it gets turned and it says, when you knock on the door, you're going to find that you are the one who did not strive to enter through the narrow narrow door. That is tough. That's crazy. And even though though the the, the Jewish folks and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all those religious professionals and folks, they, they, they are born into the culture of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the patriarchs, the big guys of the Old Testament, they might still find themselves outside the door. And on top of that, if that, that's, that's not bad enough, Jesus says, and all these other people from the East and the West and the North and the South, people who aren't even Jewish, people who are Gentiles, people from other nations, people who haven't followed all of the laws of Moses like you have, people who, goodness gracious, eat shrimp on the Sabbath, they're going to be reclining at the table of the kingdom of God. And you're going to be stuck outside. That's so interesting. But Jesus, you don't know who I am. I'm a faithful, respectable Jewish person. Faithful, respectable, uh, nice and kind, religious to the utmost person. 
And I wonder if Jesus will echo a little what I heard at P.F. Chang's. I know who you think you are, but you don't know me. I know who you think you are, but you don't know me. Jesus, at the core of his long answer here, says, strive to enter through the narrow door. That's the, that's the core of, of everything that he's teaching here. It's the main idea. For those of you about to write papers in school, that's a thesis statement or a main idea. See, I can teach everybody. Strive to enter through the narrow door. Strive. What do you think of when you think of the word strive? Work. Push. Work harder. It's like the personal trainer. You say, I'm done. He says, no, give me five more. That came out okay. I actually wrote down, try Arnold Schwarzenegger accent. It was mediocre, but I feel good about myself today. You strive and you think, I work hard and I push and I work and I work and I might get tired and I have to try more and achieve more and do more and do more. And you can get tired striving, pressure and achievement. And it, it almost sounds like Jesus says, that's what you must do. You must work yourself to the bone to enter through the narrow door. It's kind of what the religious establishment and maybe even the person asking this question, that's what they're doing already. Keeping all 613 laws, I'm eating uh, the appropriate things and avoiding the inappropriate things. I'm following the appropriate work laws and sexual laws and, and residency laws and cleanliness laws and uncleanliness laws and I'm making my sacrifices and visiting the temple. I'm striving, I'm striving, I'm striving. And you're telling me I haven't striven enough. What does it take? And I wonder, it's not just them because Jesus, this you that Jesus says, when you begin, I can't help but notice it jumps off the page and lands in my ear. What is it? Sometimes I wonder if maybe if we at the same time we make the mistake thinking that our faith and the rewards of our faith are going to come through that kind of striving like I'm the nicest person you can know. You can't count on one hand the times I've not been nice in the past five years. I make a very respectable living. I earn everything uh, that I make, and, and I have earned everything that I've achieved. Nobody can speak ill of me. I'm in church as often as I can. The pastor does not have to hear my name and go back and look at the church directory because he or she knows my face. I am well-liked around town. People look to me for assistance every now and then. I will hand something to somebody in need. I try to say nice things and mind my own business. I am respectable, kind, and good. To try to enter through the narrow door, it's not like that. That's the same thing as when the people in the story says, but Jesus, you taught in our streets and I ate at your table. It's not about striving that way. You can't, you can't come face to face with Jesus. Even now, I'm not even talking about later in the pearly gates. I'm talking about your life now. You can't come face to face with Jesus and say, come on, you obviously don't know who I am. I'm, I'm the one who always makes sure that I'm nice and respectable and does the nice thing people think. Well, look, you know as well as I do that there's not a single person in here who does not have some skill in making sure that we present ourselves the way we want to be received. That's not hard. That's not, that's not a narrow door at all. Making sure that in this certain social situation or certain situation that I present myself the way that I want to be received so that I can be well-liked, successful, and thought well of, that's not the hard way at all. You know what the hard way is? 
You know what the striving is for? It's not about the work of appearance. It's not about the work of behavior management, though behavior management comes with heart change. It's the work of knowing Jesus. Jesus, you don't know who I am. I'm nice and kind and respectable. And the question he's going to, be, he's going to say is nothing about that. It's going to be, but you, do you know me? Do you know me? You see, Jesus, uh, in the Gospel of John, he talks about uh, a sheep gate, and he says, I am the gate. If there's a narrow door, do you know what it is? Do you know who it is? It's Jesus. It's not our own activity. It's not our ability. It's not our kindness and our respectfulness. It is our heart for Jesus. It is, is Jesus primary number one in your heart? No, you don't strive by working yourself to the religious bone. No, it does not. I'm sorry to tell you, please be kind, please be respectable, but let it come from your heart. But it does not matter if you are the kindest, most respectable person, if you don't know Jesus and know Jesus deeply and follow Jesus Christ, then you're missing the boat. You're missing the boat. No, you don't strive and work for those outer things. You strive with all of your heart to love Jesus. This is the holy life. It's not, the holy life isn't, well, I quit drinking, cussing, smoking, and all that stuff. That'll come with it. I promise you it will. But it begins with, do you love Jesus more now than you did yesterday? The question is not going to become, oh, I know who you are and all of the name that you've made for yourself. The question is going to be, do you know me? says Jesus. The one through whom all things were created, Jesus. The one through whom you were created, Jesus. The one who the Son came in to walk this earth that he might teach you and know you. The one who gave his life up for you on the cross. The one who defeated death for your sake to die your death and redeem your sins and to give you the life beyond that which you could ever imagine. The light of the world come into your heart. The sweet voice of the Spirit of God in flesh in the Son, Jesus. The one who ascended sits at the right hand of the Father and right now prays for you, Jesus. The one who longs for you with an unmatched love, Jesus. The one who will never leave you or forsake you, Jesus. Do you know Jesus? And I'm talking to all of you beyond uh, those of you who've already professed your faith in the Lord. I praise the Lord for that. But do you know Jesus? Yeah, I know him, but don't get up to the mater D and find out that you knew, didn't know him well enough. What does it mean to strive to enter through the narrow door? What is the challenge for all of us? It's to love Jesus with all your mind with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love Jesus. Desire Jesus. Keep nothing from Jesus. Put nothing in your life before the love of God. Put nothing in your life before Jesus. Have the courage to do the hard thing to say, Jesus, at this moment there is something between you and me and I am willing to move it out of the way no matter how hard that it is. Jesus, I'm willing to put down my crown and lay it before your feet, Jesus. I love you with all of my heart, Jesus. I try with all of my might to think of nothing but you, Jesus. I see you in everybody, Jesus. That's the question. That's the striving. To be with him, to know him, to pray with him, to pray to him, to listen to him, to open your heart to him. Know Jesus.
the invitation is open. The question is, will there only be a few people who are saved? And that's like a great exercise in missing the point. No, there will be a lot of people that will be saved. But I think that maybe some will be surprised that all I wanted you to do was know me and the deepest parts of your hearts. Fred Craddock, a late and wonderful preacher, said the invitation is open, but the way to the kingdom is narrow and demands more than casual interest. Jesus is the way. And so this sounds like a difficult teaching because <laughs> you might be thinking, uh, so what do I have to do to make sure I'm not that guy who ends up knocking and, and you had like the Wizard of Oz door pop open and say, no, you can't come in. That's not really what we're talking about because there's still time for you. Thank God Jesus' word comes on time and before we need it, right? Because this is also an invitation to you. It's as if Jesus is saying, look, you've got time today. We're not dead and gone yet. Know who I am. Know who I am. The guy at P.F. Chang's thought that he had some connections. So you don't, I don't know who you think you are, but you obviously don't know who I am. <laughs> Imagine this scene. At the end of this passage, Jesus talks about this heavenly banquet that all kinds of people will come to. Somebody walks up to, maybe there's a mater d' at the heavenly banquet. I don't know. I'm just making this stuff up. I hadn't been there yet. And maybe it says, hey, I'm, I'm here for the heavenly banquet. They start looking through the list and saying, ah, oh, it's a long list. I'm not quite sure. I'm not sure I know you. And then from behind you, Jesus comes up and says, but I do. And she knows me. And she is mine. That's the kind of connection. This is the invitation for all of us. It's cool to know who Jesus is. It's really neat that maybe we were around when he was talked about and we listened to some of his words. Oh, but my friends, do you know where it's really at? Know Jesus. Know him deep. Strive to love him with all of your heart. And the good news is, he already loves you that much and more. May it be so for you and for me and for all of the people. Amen? Amen. Pray with me. Father, we want to love you with all of our hearts. Father, give us the power by your Holy Spirit that we might each day know you better and let you deeper into our hearts. Father, help us to remove anything that gets in the way. Some of us know right now, and we have it in our minds, what that is. Give us courage to take a little step to move it out of our line of vision that we might see you more. Surround us with people that will help us do it because we can't do it alone. Impress upon us the grace given by your Holy Spirit that we can have the power. God, we want to love you. Jesus, we want to know you deeply. We want to be able to say, I know him and he knows me. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Amen.